Santa's coming in town. Santa Claus, Tommy? Sure I do. Merry Christmas, filthy animal. Christmas isn't just a day or a day. It's a frame of mind. Best way to spread Christmas, Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. But snowmen can't talk. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? I am just about this close to taking all those presents back to the chimney. Help, help, help. Welcome to Christmas Purgatory Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about Christmas movies all year long. Yeah. I'm your host, Mega Harrison. This is your co-host and producer, Chad Davis. And today we have a want to say hi. I was just saying, can I say hi at least? Well, it's different this time. We have a guest. I have to introduce the guest. What's you're up? Already, what's up? There you go. Now you move on giggling, to the guest. You were giggling like as the scene started. So I feel like you introduced yourself with your right, giggle, good. with your manly giggling. Yes. No, but today we have a very special episode. This is our first guest. It is Andrew Morgan, hibernating Connecticut comedian. And MC of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast, Andrew. How are you guys? I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of each other lately. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, <laughs> Whoa Bundy, uh, Whoa Jablonski. Like any greeting you guys want, from, I am here uh, for you guys. I- I'm glad uh, to see you. Yeah, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. It's so funny that we were like, let's save the greetings and the niceties for when we're recording. <laughs> let's when we talk about when we talk ahead of time, we're not going to say any of that. Not waste time with these <laughs> greetings that are lies. How was how was your Christmas and, and New Year's and all that stuff? And yeah, you know, like uh, like everything else in the last nine months, uh, subdued at home, just chilling with the family. You know, the immediates. Uh, you know. Pretty easy going. I, uh, my wife and kids are Jewish, so it's it's just me on an island a little bit. Uh, like we did, we did a, a COVID Christmas at my parents' house uh, where we were outside in the driveway, you know, with masks on. You know how you dial it up for oh, Christmas. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's oh, yeah. exactly how it is. So, you know, um, I, it's definitely uh, a weird year, but uh, it was Christmas nonetheless and uh, and got a lot of good stuff, so. You know, when you're a grown ass man, what 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 can you ask for? What are you waiting on? Uh, special gifts waiting from Santa? I don't know. So uh, it's the best we could do. Best we could do with COVID. So making making the best we could do with it. Nice. I think that's how everybody is this year. Just trying to make the best out of nothing. Why you gotta bring it down, Chad? I, was, I, already, I already felt bad about like kind of just being like putting reality out there. Now. Uh, Jeez. Get out of here, Chad. Uh, so what are we talking about? What are we talking about today, Chad? Oh, we're talking about the uh, this is going to be a, a special episode because this is our very first episode where we actually talk about a TV show where they had an episode that was surrounded or was about Christmas. 
So we were like, hey, who else to ask other than Andrew Morgan to be the very first guest on this episode, on this uh, Christmas Purgatory podcast? And we knew he was going to have a good choice. We knew it. <laughs> we were like, he, he's, he's one of those guys where he, he brings it to the table every time you ask him to do something. And he brought it to the table because he ended up choosing Married with Children, a very, uh, what's the name it's, of the episode? It's Bundy a Bundy for Life. life. It's yeah. a Bundaful Life, which is a parody of the super well-known uh, Christmas movie, Classic. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, which I watch every year. So, you know, it's the, it's the perfect combination of uh, Married with Children, a show that I watched religiously growing up, and, you know, and the marriage of that with It's a Wonderful Life that I that I watch every year. And then also um, we'll get into it. But, uh, you know, it, it features prominently a very famous comedian as well. So yes. we get the, the comedy chops out there, too. So this kind of like, you know, hits the perfect spectrum of what is me. So mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, this is amazing, even though I know for a lot of people, if you're if you're younger than us, uh, you know, married with children could be a tough pill a little <laughs> bit, even as far as like sitcoms go, like just the the harshness of uh, some of the biting comedy. The, the self-loathing is probably the easiest thing to take. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So you, and you bring up you bring up a great point, which is we are all around the same age. We all, I think, watched this when we were young adults this was maybe formative for us this is why this trash is why we're who we are yeah chad is wearing a no ma'am shirt as we speak i don't know i I wish i wish i had one of those but they sold them in stores (laughs) (laughs) i saw it at hot topic years ago oh Oh my gosh but that's just contrived but uh, so here but (laughs) but here's the thing so even though it's like, yes, it's like a hard, it's a, it's a hard thing to introduce people to now. I agree yes. if they've never been primed on it, but it's so funny. Yeah. It's and, super and it's, funny. Uh, great. And okay. In contrast to what we just reviewed, which although it's one of my favorite movies, Christmas movies of all time, it's a perfect film, a very Brady Christmas. This <laughs> is the opposite and intentionally in a lot of ways the bundies are the the counter at the the counterpart to the brady's but but uh but the other part of it that came up with the brady episode is that it's it's a structure of like tension and then relieving tension and then there's supposed to be jokes in there you can see the vignettes where they're supposed to be jokes but they're just and I'm like, but yeah, you can tell there were supposed to be jokes there. There just weren't. It's <laughs> right, fine. <yeah. laughs> it's fine. This is the opposite. So like, the other part of it, it's like, it's hard for the Brady's who are kind of perfect to be funny because they're perfect. It's true. This is the opposite. Like you can, every character can be made fun of. And this is a little different than normal, but so I'll just give a little um, synopsis of Married with Children, the short version of it to people who maybe are unaware of it so here it is Al Bundy is a a misanthropic women's uh, shoe salesman with a miserable life he hates his job his wife uh his lazy oh wait his wife is lazy his son is dysfunctional especially with women and his daughter is dim-witted and promiscuous so that is that's 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 pretty much it yeah yeah that pretty much wraps it up 
and it, it gets way on, goofier. Yeah. <laughs> and like later in the seasons, like any show, it gets dialed up and goofier as it goes along. And it turns almost into a buddy comedy with him and uh, Jefferson and Jefferson in, yep. in the later years. But uh, I know we'll all get to it, but this I is, for, you know, yeah. I mean, but first look at Ted McGinley, not being Jefferson. So this is a wild episode. Uh, through, a it totally threw, it yeah. totally threw me off uh, when, when I saw, I mean, I grew up, I remember watching Marriage of Children, but I don't remember specific like episodes and details about the show to the point where like, like say by the bell, I can recite every single episode, like, you know, cause I've seen it a million times. I've probably seen every episode, maybe once of Marriage of Children. I didn't realize the timeline and how Jefferson came in now. And I'm like, Oh, Jefferson, what the hell is Jefferson doing here? And yeah, he's I, not Jefferson here. He's Norman Jablonski. Yeah, he's Norman Jablonski. And he's I'm a like, figment of the imagination. And then a, a less than, wait, yeah, a season later. Season later, he, yeah. He's yeah. Jefferson. Yeah. So it, it, I, I can imagine back in the day. <laughs> like, I know. And again, like, this is back in the day when you easily had 20 something episodes per season. So it's different than now. But like, can you imagine in like, six to eight months someone coming in in a very big pro a high profile episode and then just being someone wildly different a major <laughs> character that short a time later that is old sitcoms ladies yeah. and gentlemen that is oh, yeah. classic and, and mcginley knows it because i think he what was he a love boat guy and like he was like he was some big known yeah sitcom actor before this i believe it was love boat um yeah. but yeah i mean different times for sure imagine being on a netflix show right like imagine being on like some 13 episode at best one where you come in six or seven episodes in and then next season in the middle you're some prominent character that they released <laughs> the season you people would go ape shit on twitter they would be like what is netflix is so lazy this is well, no ryan murphy does that all the time now he just uses the same 10 actors for every project like sarah at least different projects <laughs> Exactly. At least it's like it's supposed to be different. I'm sure he does that in other cases too. That little sure guy. No, but the weird thing is with Jefferson. When I saw Darcy, I mean Marcy Darcy's uh, husband in this, I was like, "Who's that?" I was like, "Where's the hot guy?" (laughs) Yeah. And then so I realize now that it's like what I thought was just always uh, Marcy's lover. Yeah. No. No. Not. And it's weird where you get to see a brief. A bit of uh, was it Steve, right? Steve, Steve Rhodes, Steve, yeah. Um, and and then he's out real quick in the first episode, even though that exchange is very funny. And then weirdly enough, you get to see his replacement in the same timeline. Yeah. <laughs> it's so odd uh, that they do that, but yeah, it's amazing. Oh gosh. Okay, so let's get into just this episode. Yeah, it's two parter. Yeah, it's a two parter. Fun, wonderful season four. Wonderful life. Yeah. Um, I have no idea if there are any of their previous Christmas episodes, but it opens just the same way as every other episode, pretty much, which is yeah. family is in the living room on the couch looking back at you the way you would be looking at them. Whoa. I just yeah, we're the your TV. <laughs> you're you're doing what they're doing. Anyway. Uh but anyway, now people just watch it um wherever they want. Uh 
<laughs> Back on track, <laughs> Megan. Let's go. <laughs> about smart TVs and television things have changed. This this show released a Smellivision episode. They were way ahead of their time. <laughs> That's right. You just had to buy little cards and then smell them at certain times. I think of it all the time. It's our technology now that we think is so advanced, just because you know we can take it anywhere and it's called itself smart. We don't have smell-o-vision yet. Anyway, I want to be able to text a smell of like my cat's mouth to people, but that's neither here nor there. So in this episode, why are you shaking your head? In this episode, it starts, (laughs) we get introduced, even though it's like, uh, I just told you the the premise of the show, what all the characters are. They're all introduced perfectly and framed perfectly in every episode. You can watch any episode of this. You it, you're not behind. <laughs> you're, yeah, the writing <laughs> is very similar but so tight. They know their characters so yeah. well. It's enjoyable. And and for yes. this particular episode, you're in season 4. So yeah. usually season 4 of a sitcom, especially of this level, is when they really are like the tightest they're ever going to be, the smartest they're ever going. It's like peak seasons. Like if you go back and look at Seinfeld or any of these other ones like season three and four are like the height and like even South Park uh, Simpsons like that's when the Simpsons became what we know of the Simpsons you know yeah sure three and four like it's always classic with comedies they really get the characters down by that time and and this is no different oh for sure once you have that characterization you can just throw people these jokes there's some a lot of jokes that they have which are just this perfect structure it's like a Parapersdakian structure where there's it's a setup and then something that kind of conflicts with that or some surprise at the end. But then sure. there's so many examples of this, which it's like you can imagine in the writer's room, it's like they just have this setup and then you can have like 20 answers. And sometimes they use all those, those like uh like at least three different examples. Uh sometimes too, like the whole like um I know what it makes you feel that oh that's not a good example of that but like this is a this is an example oh yeah it is i know what would make you feel better but i'll never leave you in a million years which i just did with horrible timing but, <laughs> but, but i get it yeah classic Meg and al it's that yeah. yeah it's that perfect and it's like that that perfect jokey joke jokey joke man structure like a rotten right. danger field or jack handy where yeah. You're just thrown a total curveball from what you were kind of led to believe. Um, and they're just left and right. This whole, the entire, if you love those types of jokes, if you find yourself leaving, reading listicles about like uh, one-liners, then just watch this show instead. <laughs> because Plus, it's, it's a show about poor people too. Like, yeah. and, and like, yes. like the lower class, you know, and, and that doesn't happen. Ever like everybody thinks they need to all be at a higher plane, and this one is full of self-loathing, which I completely identified with at the age I was in the time uh, of watching it. Like it was just we were all kind of that way because we were coming off the the cocaine high of the the earlier part of the eighties, and then it became you know once the show started kicking, I think this episode is probably in the early nineties. Uh, man. It's we're, we're just completely different people. We're just ready for, uh, you know, we're waiting on Nirvana to kick us out of a freaking coma. Cause it, was, <laughs> it was really similar to the uh, popularity of uh, why, Ro- you know, like why Roseanne was so popular. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. Because they dictated yeah. like, you know, the lower class. I think class. I'm wearing her shirt right now. <laughs> oh I didn't want to say anything, but it's yeah, I'm full John Goodman right now for sure. Um, 
so no, but like, um, okay, sorry, I get distracted when there are two people or any other humans around. Now you know my pain, Mega. I have you two and Travis when I do the. I know. I I feel badly for you, and there's just nothing I could I can do about it. the poor element, though the white trashiness and how kind of they sunk into that oh, it's was wonderful. something. It was wonderful, but it's one of those things that I was thinking, like, I don't know if how much of this I understood when I was watching it at 12 years old, because well, I'll tell you from my perspective. Um, yeah. And again, I was young, like I, I'm, I'm the same age as Chad. And um, I think this episode, I'm maybe nine or 10 years old when it comes out or whatever. And my brother and I used to quote and make fun of the toaster shakens, which they yep. were called toaster leavens. Oh, yes. Yep. And and we used to talk about toaster leavens all so the time. Gross. Like when we'd be these latchkey kids, like coming home and our parents aren't home and we just have to like fend for ourselves. We'd be like, What do you want to eat? I don't know. I want to shake the toaster out, get some toaster. <laughs> <leaves."> <laughs> Whip them up in some uh, processed cheese and you're all good. Yeah. That's it- that- did anybody ever like clean out that section of the toaster? Yes. I never once cleaned that section out of my toaster. I mean, everything's so much easier now because they got like pull trays. Everybody got smarter. I don't think I've ever now, pulled like, a tray out of it. I, <laughs> I believe that. Uh, no. You, pull the tray. you should believe it. I'm telling you it happened. <laughs> oh, my God. No, there are treats in there. There are treats. But the shaking. No, but the thing is, seeing this when I was younger, I don't know if I, there's some things that I wonder if I knew that this was something bad or a joke because it's right. like, this is just what people do. Like, <laughs> right. For a lot of it, you're just like, yeah, this is how the other half it is. Yeah. This is just the way life is like, what's the big deal? Like some things, this, but most of them are way taking it like way beyond like the snow cones with the, Oh my God. That's so fun. <laughs> I love it. So I, I think it's good. Um, the flavors we can get into it, but my God, they were so goddamn fun. I forgot about that part. Mouthwash and cough cough syrup. syrup. I was like, this is it's good for you. When they're like, I want cherry and it's cough syrup. It's the thing that grossed me out is that they called the the mouthwash color. I mean, flavor lime. Which yeah, because it's di- green. That's all. Yeah, because it it's green. But like in reality, lime right? and yeah. spearmint would taste horribly together. So like, even though oh, it's yeah. like it's just called <laughs> lime, it creates like a, a dissonance in my head that makes it taste even worse. Which is yeah. also just a testament to the writing. There's but then they even have to follow up on that to go. Remember a time when we couldn't afford snow cones, where it was yeah. like they literally yeah, yeah, just yeah, took yeah. snow from outside yeah, and poured cocktail upon it. Which part couldn't you afford? Like. It just, <laughs> It just opens everything. It's so great. I know. That was so good. No, but there was, so another one of these like setups that you could just fill in jokes was like, Al was, it was kind of like a sweet thing at one point in the beginning. So they introduce all the characters. They introduce uh, Kelly, Bud, Peg, Al, the main family, and then the neighbor, Marcy Darcy. So Marcy comes over and it's like, uh, she's complaining about everything, her husband and the mo- being a mama's boy. And Al's like, don't spend time worrying about things you don't have. And then he just starts listing all of these things like, <laughs> like a female body. <laughs> and he, just, he can just keep listing. Like, that's just such a perfect. And I even, I'm okay, I'm, I'm gullible. But for a minute, I was like, that's such good advice. <laughs> well, my favorite part of that scene is that uh, when Peg stands up for her and says, yes. you know, like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines 
in the whole episode, or at least the first part where she says, do you know how many people with better lives than her commit suicide every year? Yes. This is so good. (laughs) This would be like, like if you threw that line into a sitcom now, they're cutting it out or this is a show on HBO. There is no way this is on cable, normal, average person cable anymore. There were several suicide jokes in these two episodes. Several references to suicide, which I really enjoyed. (laughs) It was when everything was on the table and there is a uniqueness to that. And, And I have a... I think every person who is around our age has a fondness for that. Also knowing some of the pitfalls of that, but God, don't Mm -hmm. you want to just rip the goddamn bandaid off sometimes? Like obviously there's certain taboo things that should things should have died in the eighties, nineties, as far as like humor, but like there's so much stuff here. (laughs) The only stuff that I cringed at in rewatching this now as an older adult is really like, some of the anti-feminism and especially the fat shaming stuff like that stuff Ooh, yeah like doesn't jive with me as an adult or like watching it but most of it hit most of it was still yeah. just good jokes like oh, yeah, yeah, regardless yeah. of the situation like so, and and it's it's amazing it's amazing to watch because this is you know 30 years old now basically I, I like how the the opening scene like right at right right off the bat right at the beginning of this this whole episode you already, even if you'd never watched this show, you kind of get what Al is all about and you kind of get what the, the kids are all about, but you get like five or six, like really good, like lines from Al, like talking about how he hates Christmas because he goes about in about this whole thing about how they keep on asking for gifts, this gifts, this gifts, that blah, 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 going on and on and on. And then he goes, and then there's the kids. Right, and like he referencing like the oh, the well, he references yeah, the all the people at the, at the mall, yeah. And then he and then he talks about the Santa being because they're all huddled up around his store, his shoe store, because they had a Santa outside. They set the Santa outside, and they gave him a bell. And his line was like, uh, he said. Uh, oh, you need a bell to recognize a 900-pound man in a suit or something alcoholic. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, goes, alcoholic as, in a suit. As if you need a bell to recognize a 300-pound drunk in a red suit. Yeah. And then he uh-huh. said, I politely went outside and I told him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up, you know, fighting me or they ended up fighting or whatever. Yeah. And it's a reoccurring thing throughout the two episodes is where the Santas are coming back. Yeah. To, the revenge uh, of the Santas. To, to that was interesting because it was something with, he told that story, which makes him look like the jerk. And you realize like his version of events and his like, his vision of himself is just so delusional and that he's the jerk in situations and people don't like him, but he, from his point of view, he's just like down on his luck, but it's like, you're just a a schlump. Well, that's self-loathing. That's acting out Mm -hmm. of like, we're we're so in tune with like mental illness and like all like the, I know now it's just sad now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it should be, but it's still not. It's, it's not, so great. Well, here's the thing. I, I agree with you from your point before that you, you, it is kind of sad sometimes that you can't have like this uh, genuine edgy humor anymore or that you can't right. like push some of these boundaries anymore. But at the same point, I just think it kind of works within a time frame. And then so for some reason, and maybe I there are certain things that I wouldn't forgive, but a lot that I just like kind of forgive and enjoy whereas i think if i did see this and it was like came out in 2021 i would just be like yeah 
Ew. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I wouldn't like be interested in it. It's iconic it, just of the time. Is there anything like, cause to me, I don't watch a lot of sitcoms anymore, but the closest approximation to me like always like to anything like off, yeah. like this now uh yeah i guess because at least you know they're bartenders a lot of or some of them doing the work uh, or really or whatever so yeah they're, that. they're bad um, they're nothing people yeah yeah i mean there's that and obviously roseanne came back in in some fashion with the connors or whatever and all that but yeah. like even even still like to me there's just so little examples like uh, the closest they get is just like blue collar people like uh, something like King of Queens, which is even still probably considered old now, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, like that, or, or I don't know, like there, there's just very little, ex- or even something like Superstore probably looks down in a way on like what they are as like a store and like people, like what their job is. Yeah, so yeah. they can kind of play with that. But, you know, they don't just go down south like this one does where it hangs on that low, low class level and lo- and relishes in it you know oh, so you know what i think that that like what this served us kind of is replaced by a lot of reality television and somehow yes that's it true. works when it's reality because you're also kind of like being a documentarian you're like a lomax like finding yeah. look i've documented these important right if it's real i'm not making events. fun of them right yeah. yeah you're like they said that like i was just here so i didn't ex- exploit yeah. anybody look yeah fly on the wall for gets their... you everything for sure Andrew, but uh Andrew, yeah. have you ever seen uh bill burr's cartoon animated series f is family for sure yeah it's yeah. i mean that's i would f think for, like for something sure. <laughs> You know, yeah. something similar to what is what is out, you know, marriage with children. Yeah, I think it, that comes it tries a hard close. back to that. Sure. I, I could buy that. The the thing is about animated stuff is that I think they feel more free to be that because uh, yeah, it's yeah, animated because yeah. you're not right for sure like that, that's where you're getting like south park's been playing upon that for years you know yep. they could just do whatever the hell they want yeah um you know they could kind of just you know dial up any political issue social issue whatever and then just drive it home because they not only do they just straight up not care but like <laughs> the fact that they could do it behind an animated person a person who doesn't quote unquote exist like people see like sitcom characters and they still go oh well it's a human being so they they feel some emotion you have we have this disconnect with animated characters that we go ah whatever it's a cartoon don't take it cartoon isn't racist but like al bundy is a it's a cartoon. He's a cartoon. That is something that was fascinating too. Like knowing, God, I'm sorry. I'm so bad at this. What is the actor's What's the name? What's the era Somebody of the Simpsons me right, right now? now. Like but the, knowing uh, the actor in um, Modern Family, like how he acts in Modern yeah. Family, um, even though I was introduced to him through this, like I didn't realize he was like doing so much acting. It's just like, this is just some cruddy guy. Huh that is like this and oh, yes. you're, you're talking you're talking about ed o'neill right you're talking yes, about it's okay. trying so hard all right okay. well, I, I mean look at the the cast of this show i don't want to dwell too much on the mary with children part i know oh, your yeah, christmas yeah. thing but like uh you know the fact that ed o'neill was so huge at the time like uh for me it's like little giants yeah dutch i think is a hilarious movie yep. he's been married with children he's like this icon of a similar character every single time but he's just so good and yeah. then you know uh 
Katie Seagal ends up being, you know, uh, a voice Huge. on Futurama and and Sons of Anarchy and all these other things that live on. That she has a huge career. Christina Applegate's like this big teenage like sex symbol. Uh, Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is yep. like a big movie. You know, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah obviously, what she becomes. Even yeah, faster, but I'm saying, yeah. in, even she's in the insane. moment, she yep. is a big thing. Uh, Faustino is like the only guy who did yeah. nothing. Yeah, no, didn't really. Which, not much. You know, to be honest, he he is the lower tier of that that foursome, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, it, it's impressive to see where how the legacy of the show for where it goes on. So, looking so my- at pictures of David Faustino again, though, I'm pretty sure I had a crush on this man when I was a child, and I- as Bud or as yeah. like a grandmaster as Bud, with his floppy hair. Do you know how like much that airborne floppy hair? Yeah, did to a twelve-year-old's burgeoning loins in the 90s. oh yeah. I mean, well, Chad and I you know can obviously speak goes? on Christina Applegate. Where yeah. she's oh, literally oh, I'm gonna speak upon her in the in the second episode here. I'm yeah. gonna speak upon her plenty. <laughs> As of right yes. now, we need to trudge along here because we're not even out of the first scene here. So after this first no, scene, <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> so not after, really. Yeah. So after this first scene, which we've been talking about for the last half an hour, you get the bedroom scene where uh, they all kind of come in because because uh, Al had mentioned in the first scene that this year, this Christmas, he's actually going to buy gifts because he actually has a Christmas club that he's been saving money for for the whole year. And he's going to have. Uh, was it two hundred and eighty dollars or two hundred and ninety dollars? Something like that, yeah. Something, for, and I didn't even to, look up how much that would be in today's money. But basically, it's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. No. His, his so you get Christmas all the characters. You get all the characters in this bedroom scene coming in one at a time, saying, "Hey, you know, Bud comes in and says, hey, you know, Kelly doesn't love you anymore.' Or <laughs> Kelly's never loved you.' And then I, you know, I love you, Dad. Everything, blah blah blah. And then he takes off, and then not even like two seconds later, Kelly comes walking in. And she's, she's dying like of Bulgaria. Bulgaria. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. She makes so up all this stuff. Lines. Yeah. As, as always, Kelly never really knows the right words to say. So she always mess, mixes up her words and everything. So she's saying all this stuff and it's all mixed up words and no, it's stuff perfect. like that. And yeah, then. I- I don't want to jump too far ahead, but my, one of my favorites is in the second episode where she says uh, something's rotten in the state of Denver. Like yeah. it's it's that kind of stuff all the yeah. time for yeah. sure. So she takes off as she's taking off. She's like, oh, remember, Bud doesn't love you either. You know, blah, blah, blah. Goes and then Peggy comes in and goes, don't let the kids influence you. And then she says, but, you know, they don't love you. Don't let them pretend that they love you. And yeah, meanwhile, she's wrapped as a gift. <laughs> wrapped as yeah. a gift. I comes love in that. With a bow. In this lingerie that's not even really lingerie. But it's so she, a, she's a Christmas present. Yeah, she says that the only cure to her disease is a good present, which is, you get it. It's Christmas. It's a Christmas episode. When she, when she yeah. comes in, she comes ra- you know, wrapped up in a bow and everything. And she goes, well, why don't you open up your present now? And Al responds mm-hmm. back with, <laughs> he goes, well, why, Peg, did you get me the same junk that I didn't play with last year? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's really good. I thought but that was such a great line. The thing about this, too, is so this is kind of your first introduction to anything kind of Christmassy because they've been talking about Christmas, but there's no decoration of any Christmassiness. There's not, it's not your 
normal sitcom episode of anything you're not seeing any Christmassy. well the thing it's cheap for a show too you're like it's christmas episode how do you tell a peg wears a christmas thing we got a few santas yeah some janky lights like that's it that's as cheery as it gets it's on purpose. I mean, for, yes. for dark contrast with what we see later yeah. in Al's, you know, kind of delusion or whatever. The vision. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically in the first episode, it's not necessarily too uh, cheery at all. There's another good. So then the, the toaster shakings are brought up. We were yeah. talking about those earlier. Awesome. That comes up. Yeah. There's a line about Kelly says, go swim in your sheets. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. so good. Basically, this, this scene, the, basically this scene was all just about what they were going to get for Al because they never really thought about, hey, you know, he's getting us something. Shouldn't we get them something? And then they all start. Na- uh, I think it was Peg maybe said, my mom told me that the best gift is something that you already have or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and they get Al's gift together. Yeah, yeah. So they were just in his closet. Yeah, yeah. They're all just naming off stuff that was in his closet and under the dog. You know, the dog's been laying on him for the like the last like, <laughs> yeah, couple months. Oh, yeah. Last year, yeah. <laughs> and Kelly's like, "I'll give him his toothbrush because he's yeah. never like he's never <laughs> he's used, never used it. <laughs> right. Something he's never used. I'm just getting the timing on these. Great. That's that's a common classic married with children joke of like uh, never yeah. used toothbrushes, never like the stuff he never uses is all stuff that either is like uh you know stuff to hygiene, hygiene, or, yeah. or anything sexual that yeah. like, he just never you know goes for. So yeah, totally. Yeah. And then when you're in the shoe store, like the shoe store scenes are my favorite scenes in the show. Oh, they're so <laughs> yeah, good. They're good. Like, because they're so like, it's just Al in his environment. So much he, hate. <laughs> it just, he hates his job. He hates who we were, even though he, you know, he's not in these episodes. Like, I don't know if he ever comes in into these episodes or not. I can't remember the timeline, but later on in the show, I know he has a buddy uh, that yeah. works with Griff? him. Right. I, I can't remember his name. Something the black like guy. That. He's a black yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh-huh. And they always have like this relationship where he always acts like he hates them, but yeah. you know they're buds. Like they always hang out and they're always well, together. He's part and, of no ma'am, and yeah. he's part of no ma'am and all that. But you get these like scenes in the shoe stores where you always, and this is going back to what you were talking earlier with like fat shaming and stuff like yes. that. Oh, they they so always have some it. like some big large lady coming in. Yes, that wants like a size seven. Right. He's like, no, he's like, no, you're like a size 12. (laughs) Yeah. There's always some reference to like your hoof, you know, (laughs) like it's Uh, never like something easy. It's always something very degrading for fat people. (laughs) No. And then this movie is so, or excuse me, this show is so bad about that. (laughs) it, It makes it tough to watch, but at times now, but yeah. Oh my God. They just, went into it all the time and this is at the time when probably you know i was a stubby little fat kid too. Yeah. So like oh God, i would just yeah, laugh like, on like ah, oh me too I I me. yeah <laughs> that's all i cared about at the time because that's yep. what you care about when you're eight to ten years old whatever it is exactly yeah. is. so yeah so this scene the shoe store scene is pretty much setting up for uh, what i think is like the plot of the whole show like the two episodes show is like he's supposed to have all this money to buy gifts and uh, he doesn't. He can't get to the bank because he gets this, a customer. Oh, this device, yeah. this this plot device was so stressful for me. They're like, I need to get the get to the bank by three. Yeah, something's happening that's keeping me from getting to the bank. And then showing the clock, like it's hilarious because it's like a bunch of old ladies. So it's like you could just make fun of these old ladies. 
taking so much just infinite time yeah it's so perfectly set up because it's like you got the old woman comes in and you're like (laughs) oh this is terrible and then she goes hold on mom mom (laughs) even older woman comes through and then when she realizes she doesn't have any money she goes oh wait my mom has it and it's even older older woman has to come yeah so layered and so perfect it It is nesting nobody's safe no it's such a great it was such a great written scene that uh like you said, it's just layered and oh, but stress, so much stress. Yes. And then they yeah. they flash to the bank, which bank, is yeah. where Marcy Darcy works, and she is lit. She is having her coochie xeroxed on a, on a xerox <laughs> machine and yeah. send it and giving it to everybody. She's having such a good time. It's like five minutes till three, but then like it yeah, I want this kind couch. of office Christmas party. I've never had that. Show. Yeah, it was off the chain. <laughs> It was bizarre because it was, it's the one you always see it's in the office, which is like, I've never really done it kind of just in the office. It's always somewhere else, like at a right location, second location, but it's in the office with all the office equipment, which is like not safe because people are getting turnt. You mean in a lab? They're not having like big lab parties where you are mega. Unfortunately, when I was saying that, I did realize a lie to what I was saying because (laughs) when I did used to work like in a more university setting, we had mixers every other Friday or so, which were just like um, free for all. And it's something that's free for all. You can't control yourself. Oh, no. And so, like when you're making a stipend, so it's. there was a lot of drinking, and then sometimes you'd, you know, if you had to go through the lab, right, with very expensive equipment, you might start a fight with a mass spec machine that costs <laughs> millions of dollars, and it's just not a good. I didn't do anything bad, but I almost. And some did. nerdy bro just rolls up on you saying something about he feels the chemistry between the two. You some <laughs> no. nerdy science thing. No, 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 no. no. You can't. No, that that would never happen. <laughs> yeah, so never. Just this just trying to Christ- pick up science terms. <laughs> but it was, this Christmas party was insane. So Marcy, I told you she was going crazy, going nuts. She, you know, Al knows her, their neighbors. Uh, she doesn't seem to realize how much they hate her. So, which yeah. um, so, so is great for her. So, uh, you know, she's going to let him in, but then she just blacks out on the floor and it's game over. Yeah, with the typical old man security guard, yeah. like just doesn't care, just stare, oogling. Yeah. Oogling. <laughs> yeah. oogling. oogling. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think of like someone should help her. Oops. No, no, it shouldn't help her. No. <laughs> oh, but I did love at this scene too, there was like the fight of Al had the fight through the glass, and they're just like, you don't hear anything. You just see people like right. gesticulating and, and pulling faces through the glass, and just how perfect that is, and also wonderful writing. You're like, do you want to write a fight? No, <laughs> just do your faces, <laughs> and people will laugh. Yeah, the or, beauty of no dialogue scenes that are just perfectly oh, set up and blocked from from spot to spot, you know, between the sight gags and everything else. It's 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 way more classic sitcom structure with this yeah. one than anything else for that scene. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then there's another. So we've talked about the Santas that have been kind of like a you know building gangs of children and a gangs of other Santas to try yep. to get revenge yeah. on Al through this entire episode. So there's more of that Santa gang attacks. It's really, funny. Yeah, everything pays off. 
Yeah. That's yes. the beauty there's, of this. Like yeah, everything they not, set yeah, up yeah, pays off. True. For and sure. This, this is where Al gets his first uh, money idea mm. of how he's going to get money to uh, get the presents for his family. And yes. He comes up with uh, because a mom and a son comes into the store and she was like, I wish I could, you know, have a place where I could dump this kid off and go shopping without him for a little while. Yeah. And all of a sudden he just goes, bing, a little light bulb goes off. And you see a sign that says Al's Christmas Tot Uncle Lounge. Al. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Al's Christmas Tot Lounge. You bring him, we love him or something like right, that. Yeah. God. <laughs> Don't they have that at Mohegan Sun for those games? They're everywhere. Games? Like malls Kids have quest, them yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah, man. They have so it's something. like, it's, yeah. it is funny because it's a real thing. And the reason he feels such a fire uh, on his up his ass, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So like he feels <laughs> such a, under is the right one, under his ass, a fire uh, to um, buy the presents. So he's like imagining not having presents for his family. And then they're just like machine gun sounds and you you can. <laughs> just picture him imagining him being completely gunned down by his family but like i love this scene because they like he ties the kids up in garland and i love that it's hilarious use yes. of like a tinsel garland it's so stupid <laughs> and then of course he gives this very long and amazing um speech which is a take on the night before christmas yeah it's so funny it's so good like every single line and, and the poetry to it. I mean, my God, they, they must have spent so long in that writer's room just going how like how fu- hilarious every single like it's and it's so perfect to Al. That's yep. what makes it even funnier. It's like you can write something probably, but to do it in character is yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's such a nice format to have too, to be able to just have that format to just play with. And it's so it has to be well known for people to all get it. And yeah. So I was thinking, you know, we brought this up earlier, but I, I, this is what I was thinking again. See if you guys agree, because uh, it's kind of on the spot kind of thing. I we agreed that we should read the poem because it was so good. It's so good. Um, which, which by I the way, we, yeah, go I, ahead. Okay, sorry, but I, I think we should f- finish off this episode and then we end the episode off with the reading of the poem. That works. Yeah. Yeah. And then it could go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and we just this, end the episode right there. Boom. We're done. By the way, everything we've set up with this episode thus far or that they obviously set up is this is how it's a wonderful life actually kind of transpires in a way like, you know, it's, it's all so centered around the bank, you yep. know, mm-hmm. and then, and in the olden times of television, it's a wonderful life would be presented in two parts. So they split it literally like oh, how nice. They, like, mm. So they really went next level with, how they thought this through, which is wild uh, yeah. because it's, it's married with children. Yeah. Like you don't think of it as like so well thought out, but this show is one of the best written sitcom. Like it lasted as long as it did for a reason. Yeah. Those writers just loved a, you know, joke a minute style with, mm-hmm. that they knew the character so well. Damn. You know what kind of jokes they liked? Fart jokes. Those got so, so like cackles from the audience. Yeah. Hackling people. And, and by the way, the lower in the dirt that they got, they loved it. Yeah. And, they were like, woo, 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 the classic. But the, but the difference is, is you can have a show that has those kind of jokes in it and they're not funny and they don't land. Sure. This show they land. They they actually like are legit funny jokes. 
I think didn't that's- they like have this audience who were, was like hammered or something like isn't that yeah, part of the lore hey this is early fox yeah. <laughs> you're lucky you had the audience you had but, uh, you, you had a lot audience. of shows like that the man the, i mean you had the man show that was uh, they were chugging beer the whole episode like oh yeah, yeah i mean it was a normal thing it wasn't like a normal normal thing but it was a thing back in those days to have drinks in the audience to get like loosen up the audience and stuff they don't do that anymore obviously but yeah, uh, I mean, it's just a thing that they did back then, that just to kind of loosen up the the crowds and and really get them going and stuff. And I'm I'm willing to bet ninety five percent of the crowd was probably men in the live audience for the show. Uh, yeah. So you know, it was kind of like you know, I kind of co- I like to compare it to like uh, uh, later on in the in the in the TV series, it got different. But when you first started watching Home Improvement and they would show the Home Improvement like Tool Time. Yeah, like oh, yeah. it would be all mm-hmm. men grunting and oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, or, 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 and like whistling that. at Pamela Anderson. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it was a it was a thing back then to do that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, yeah so I, the I, first I like part ends with uh, Al has the kids tied up. He's alluding yeah. to the bathroom dungeon where one of the kids yeah. is living. So that's how it ends. It closes, and then part two. Well, it, it closes because they. Uh, they it ends up closing because he gets his plan, raided. He gets caught his plan out. gets yeah. raided out by the by the moms because one of the, the the original son came back and said, "Look what he has us all tied up," and she ends up taking all the money and handed it back to all the parents. And then oh, I thought okay. it was pretty. I thought that was yeah, and Al's tied up, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they tie Al up, and he's just kind of sitting there with his head down, knowing that he doesn't want to go home now. Oh yeah, and then the mall's going to be closing soon, so that's so another the, thing that the makes intercom, me so nervous. Like, are you going to get locked in the mall? No! The, right. the, the intercom comes on and it says the, clo- the stores are closing so employees can get home to their families. And I right. thought that was such an, a great ending line to the show, just because you know Al doesn't want to go home to Last his fucking family. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, thought, I just thought that was a great ending line to the, uh, to the a great episode, so... Congratulations on the first part of this. <laughs> we made it, guys. Part two. <laughs> so now we're going to get on the part two. Hopefully we get through this a little bit quicker. Uh, but yeah, let's go right into uh, the second episode. Uh, opens up in the kitchen. And um, I just want to briefly say uh, Kelly comes walking in and Jesus Christ, she looks good. <laughs> she With her good. grandmother's so, funeral right exactly yeah the two piece open midriff yeah oh my god yeah it was back maybe andrew can you know agree with me on this one but back in the day it was it was it was kelly from married with children and it was kelly kapowski from save of the bell oh, yeah, for like, sure in and, my world it was the only two girls that ever existed well chad <laughs> i don't know what this says about me but yeah. i will say that um I actually liked Katie Seagal more than Christina Applegate because she like, there's a different, I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't like blondes or whatever, but like, uh, you know, I like a certain type of woman yep. and, and Katie Seagal was just always in like some kind of lingerie or low cut <laughs> thing. She was. Yeah, like, definitely. No, she like, is in full 
drag, full petty bun, <laughs> like Peg Bundy drag, and it right. is so iconic. Uh, watching her in this, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember everybody going. Yeah, Kelly's slutty outfit is hilarious. The whole through line of her being a flues and all these all these great words that you can use to describe. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Like, without saying um, slut or whore, it was yes. wonderful. It was wonderful yeah. to see. We used to be so creative. See, Al finally comes home. And everybody in the house runs towards him. Gimme, 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 gimme. That's all they're saying. Gimme, 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 gimme. And like there was a whole back and forth about they kind of knew like he didn't have gifts because of the way that he was acting and the way that he looked and everything. Well, he also walked in empty handed and sure. had no gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very obvious. Been so. Invisible gifts. And even well, Buck they do was, get into that. <laughs> Thank even you, Buck was angry. Buck was angry about it. He was uh, the dog was mad, too. Everybody was very mad. Well, I yeah. thought it was funny. A funny line from um, from Peg was uh, how she knew that he didn't have presents for them was because he, he was sitting on the couch and he had just plugged the toilet grid on. Yes. And all of a sudden, yeah. it, it put, it, the camera goes towards him and he just has this like shitty grin on him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's <laughs> so, where Kelly says the line that I love so much, which is the something's rotten in the state of Denver. And then and then Kelly ends up because they they're in disbelief. They're trying to get it out of yeah, them that uh, yeah. you know, there are no gifts. <laughs> and Kelly says Christmas without presents is like Thanksgiving without pizza. Yeah, which, I like that one. as a reference, which is a, a Bundy reference. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a reference to another episode where they yep. had pizza, not just pizza, pizza, pizza toppings, toppings for Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> yeah. uh, oh one year in, in Married with Children. So that, it's great that they can be you know joking upon them upon themselves being self-referential is so good so al comes up with this big long story about bears and indians and he's like you wouldn't think bears and indians would get along you should have <laughs> saw them if <laughs> they ended up taking the money and flying away yeah and i believe wasn't it kelly the only one that really believed him Oh, didn't of she, course. Didn't, yeah, yeah. Didn't she say yeah. something like, oh, my God, like, you know, bears and Indians, who would have thought or something like that? <laughs> and then so they're all mad at Al. And so they decide, hey, uh, I got eight bucks. We're going to go to Denny's and we're going to do the traditional oh, Denny's yeah. Grand yeah. Slam breakfast or <laughs> whatever they were calling it. And they end up uh, taking off without him. And they left him there on the couch singing to the dog. And uh, the dog wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. But, well, yeah, he was pissed. But then, so they're, he's outside trying yep. to be at least a little bit Christmassy, trying to, <laughs> what we think, we're like, oh, he put up some lights um, and, uh, you know, plugs it in. One of them works. And he's like, well, I kept it up all year and now it doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> and this is where you get the, the neighbor, the neighbor yelling. You get this like back and forth. Uh, which is oh, always so many of those with married with children. Yeah. So the neighbor yelling. Yeah, the neighbor so goes to each other. So the family got me a new TV. What did you get? And Al responds back with, uh, "If I worked at the, the mail post room, office, if I yeah, at the post I'd, office. I'd be open unwrapping your wife right now or whatever it is. Yeah. So good. <laughs> oh my god! Such a funny. And then obviously this is where. I think this is where the, uh, you know, it kind of kicks in with the, the basis of the movie where at the show where he's going to go back and see just how yeah, it would be. He electrocutes if he himself. Ends up yeah. electrocuting himself. And this is where you get your buddy uh, Sam Kennison 
uh, coming yeah. down. An icon he, at yeah. this point, which, by the way, I don't know how much you guys know about Mary with Children lore, but Sam Kennison was actually the first choice yep. of the producers to be Al Bundy. Yeah. So, like, it, it kind of comes full circle with this episode. They thought he was going to be too raunchy, <laughs> He's by too way, raunchy. <laughs> to not have Sam Kennison. And instead, they just write this incredibly raunchy show, which is hilarious. It's, it's but, so insane to think about that. Yeah, but I mean, my God, Sam Kennison, I don't know what he means to you guys. I mean, uh, his stand-up was one thing. I always thought he was just this yelling, crazy guy all the time. But like for me, because I'm a movie guy first, like back to school, I thought yeah. Sam Kennison was the funniest thing ever uh, with that. Like, he's iconic with that uh, Vietnam history teacher lesson thing that he does at back to school where he's just getting in Rodney Dangerfield's face and just screaming all the time. <laughs> and that is his thing. He's a former preacher turned stand up. Yep. You know, he's this legend. Um, and sadly, you know, after this, I think it's what, two and a half years later, two he dies in the, in the automobile accident. So, I mean, yeah. So this is one of the last kind of iconic things for me for for kinnison that he does and and he just yeah this is a great role for him it's so pitch perfect they're yes. they're back and forth their banter is so funny like it's just like the show itself is all about the quick jokes and the quick wits and stuff but when they get these two together ed o'neill and uh, sam kinnison oh yeah it's, it's even faster and instead of it just al throwing out the jokes where it's you know it's normally just al throwing out the jokes or the one-liners now you're getting two people back back and forth that are throwing one liners at each other. Yeah. And it's and, just such a great such a great scene. And this was notorious for uh Sam Kennison off the off the camera too, like uh behind the scenes. Like he actually uh he missed rehearsal one day. They said mm-hmm. this in the reunion episode where uh he uh he gave everybody night sticks yep. as a as a, a I'm sorry like gift for missing rehearsal <laughs> and then also ordered belly dancers and a full catered lunch on him because yeah. he missed one rehearsal. Uh, and he was so apologetic that he just went on this crazy only Sam Kennison uh, shopping spree. So it was amazing. Oh, so Sam Kennison is playing the guardian angel in yep. this. So like the in the the wonderful life, he's the guardian angel, which is it's this it's great. Like you're saying, there are a lot of great jokes, but some of them kind of are dumb. Like he's like, stop playing Nintendo up there, God. And, and yeah. all the, like, I'm not a fan of like the God and Jesus and like Moses jokes because it's maybe because it's just too played out. Like all well, the, the Moses stuff. one is just silly because he's yeah. more of like I a like Jewish icon. Kind of you're bringing that up during a Christmas episode. I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah. I know it's all Old Testament, so it's yeah. all fair game. But. <laughs> I thought that one was, I, th- I thought the Moses joke was actually the funniest one. <laughs> Some of these other one where, you know, like he's saying like, uh, why don't you fly away playing a harp? And he's like, I'm not Tommy tone or whatever. Like, it's like, that's a very eighties night, like early nineties specific joke. You yeah. Know, that Some of them were very topical, yeah. like way very. too topical where it was like, Ooh, my, my favorite back and forth. was like one of the first things that they said to it because you get Sam Kennison yelling up saying, Hey, stop playing Nintendo, blah, 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 going on and on. And then Al goes, oh, I get it. You're one of Peg's relatives. Yeah. yeah. So, so Kennison looks at it and he goes, much like a neutered dog, Al, you don't get it at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, the relatives thing, though, he's not just like, he's like, you're one of my wife's relatives. I've never seen one of you upright. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah because Sam Kennison so had his little flask and it had no alcohol in it. 
Yeah. And he was out complaining about it. Which, by the way, further along, like Marywood children, when they do bring quote unquote Peg's relatives in, it's Bobcat Goldthwait. So they keep yeah. bringing like <laughs> yeah, heavy yeah, hitter, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, comedians in there. So that's pretty awesome. So Al, Al doesn't believe that he's his guardian angel. So he's like, you know, prove it to me that you're, you know, how do, what do I got to do to prove to you that I'm your guardian angels? And basically he just says, why don't you turn on my lights? And he just yeah. snaps his finger and turns on the lights. The Christmas Al gets all excited and everything. And he's like, hey, you know, ain't I supposed to have three wishes? And, yeah, and he's and like, I'm like, not a genie. He's like, I'm not a genie. And then, <laughs> they, they just have these back and forth, man, that is so fucking funny. And he's like, like can one? I take that one back and get the Hee Haw Girls? Yeah, the oh, Hee Haw yeah. Girls. That's very specific, that. too. Oh, gosh. But then Kennison says, well, I've been sitting around waiting for them to die, too. Yeah. And then he explains yeah. about his wife being a hundred pounds. He's like, he's like, my hundred pounds for each year they gaining were gaining a hundred pounds yeah. for each year they were married. <laughs> that <laughs> one, it's the real worst fat shaming is all Sam Kennison in this episode. And then he goes, "I had two kids, but she may have ate them." Yeah, uh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Uh, like there, there are some amazing Kinnison lines in this exchange, like saying, "Like you'll have to give me a minute, Bundy." I thought I was saving a human soul. Like yeah, that yeah, one's yep, good. Yep. Um, and and then once they get inside, like, and he tries to communicate, like, you'll get there in a minute. But I mean, uh, he says she doesn't know you're there, Bundy. Just like when you're having sex. Like, there's so yeah. many like quick lines from Kinnison, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's amazing. No, it is great because Al doesn't believe that this this uh, guy is his guardian angel, really. And this guardian angel doesn't believe that he actually has to save this Al. But it's so he, uh, the guardian angel, Sam Kinison, shows Al Bundy what his life's family would be like without him. Just like mm-hmm. in, the, in the film. Yep. And Peg, all <laughs> classy and beautiful. Cooking. Yeah, it's an actual wonderful life. (laughs) Yes. Which, again, a classic line that he has where he says, wait a minute, she's cooking? She told me she was allergic to fire. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Allergic to fire. That that is classic for children right there. Uh, No, and then, and everybody's, everybody comes in, everybody's all prepped out, and, but they're still living in this this crappy house, but that's explained. But now respects women. Yeah. He now respects women. And Kelly and is frigid. She comes home from college. Yeah. And, and Al and Al goes, she flunked lunch. Yes. So good. <laughs> and then they're all talking about having no sex. Yeah. Which I then, thought was a really good, like really good little scene too. Oh yeah, because Peg goes, I saved myself for marriage, and then Al goes, Oh, come on, the football team retired her jersey. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, it's just classic, yeah. you know, slut shaming. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, and this and this is when you get uh, who 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 the dad is, and uh, this is where we're all like, I was surprised uh, because I don't remember this episode. I don't remember these two episodes at all. And when uh, <laughs> the new dad comes walking in, I'm like, hey, that's Jefferson. Yeah, Ted <laughs> McGinley here. here. Yeah. yeah, but his name is not uh, Jefferson in this episode. It is uh, Norman Jablonski. Yes. Polish. Yes. 
It's Norman uh, Jablonski says beautiful, waving, just wonderful hair. Yes. Yeah, Everybody's happy. All the kids yeah. says, uh, all the kids say, you don't need to get us presents this year. And Al says, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but then, and they all have a chant. They're like, whoa, Jablonski. Yeah. yeah that, that was referencing back earlier when, uh, was it Al? This yes. is yay, you know, Bundy's. And they're on yeah. the set. Well, Whoa, Bundy. Whoa, Bundy. Bundy. Whoa, yeah. Bundy. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, you get one. <laughs> one of my favorite lines uh, from the second episode is right here when uh, Al turns to Kennison and says, "Well, this is fun. Where should we go next? Back when my dad was conceiving me and watched my dad invent the condom." Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. "Oh, Jesus, fucking Christ, man! That was so fucking funny." Yeah, I mean. <laughs> This part, I like the the conceit here. I like the premise of the whole thing. And the second one, the first one I thought had more jokes. Yes. But like yeah. the second one is just, it's re- just trying to set up and pay off for yep. all the different stuff. And, yeah. and, and part of that is Peg uh, has a run-in with a shoe salesman. Yeah. And I love Tim McGinley's line where he goes, remember the old adage? I lamented that I had no shoes until I saw the man who sold them. Oh my and god! I just completely just so, rips out I, the shreds. I love that too because I was like, "Oh, she's not going to be able to resist a shoe salesman." Yes, <laughs> of course. Everybody like, knows what? that old chestnut. Yeah, oh exactly. Yeah, and the whole family's the whole family is doing amazingly. They're going to yeah. be moving to a nice house. Like they're like yep. they're all like more attractive, better thriving people they are thriving in al's absence so sam kinnison is like oh i didn't accomplish anything here because i'm supposed to show you how poorly they're doing so yeah he's like no i i i i failed you yeah (laughs) bundy because i my goal is to show you any reason for you to live and he's like i can't think of a single one (laughs) so oh god yeah and so basically the stakes are high for sam kennison because he's he can't get his wings but the big twist is of course al is so ecstatic that his family is poor, worse off with him like he doesn't want to see them happy right so he's like i have to wa- live i have yeah. to survive or else they will be thriving yeah. in my right. purpose for all they put him through there's yep. no way they get to live there's like this. no way yeah. no and he's happy he feels like he's serving a purpose if only if his only purpose is to make these human individuals miserable yeah that which by the is, way like the main memory that i remember from being younger besides like certain things like the bank shot, like the bank store stuff, like all these type of images came back before I rewatched. And one of the big one is Sam Kinison when he does his exit as the guardian angel, because he just see screams, he twists and goes away. I remember that forever. But like, it's the speech that he yeah. gives of like what he's going to do. Oh my and God. It's so awful that like and and i remember it being like this huge iconic speech and i was like oh my god this is freaking horrible because he talks about you know 
pushing up multiple rolls of fat and then multiple chins, like taunting his wife with a with a like a ho ho or whatever it was that like or Twinkie something to like entice her, and then yeah. he turns into a rotting corpse, <laughs> like to like just mess with her head, and then he just like. And then does this screaming speech before he twists away and goes back up to heaven. Uh, Isn't that that like what people say Ant-Man should do to defeat Thanos or whatever, to get small and go inside of him and then then blow up? Like, and I've seen this in other movies too. Sure. Other things. But this one's way creepier because it's it's erotic corpse. Yes. This (laughs) took it something that was only on my radar in the past maybe 10 years. Yeah. decades earlier took the whole art of being a small object that's in someone's mouth and then blowing up to a bigger size. It took it yeah. to a whole nother level. Like I can't think of anything worse than yeah. what Sam Kinison said at this moment as a guardian angel. Yeah. And does the classic Kinison kiss off where he's just screaming <laughs> like over and over and over. And that was his whole act. And it was so pitch perfect for what no, he was. And this is something we've, so good. we've brought this up in other episodes for some reason, but Sam Kinison reminds me of my mother so much because she, <laughs> she invites the comparison. She wears like a little, like a beanie hat sometimes like a little beret. Right. Yeah. And then she yells at you. She just screams at you. And I, <laughs> and I'm saying it again here, even though it's, I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but I didn't know I said it previously. And my sister <laughs> listened to it and she said, Oh my God, that's so funny. I always say mom looks like Sam. Sam <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, we are bad children. But also just keep in this, mind. Robin said it too, mom. Sam Kennison here is younger than Chad and I now. Yeah. No. Put that together. Doesn't look like like 35 in this episode. Yeah. It is nuts. He's like 35, 36 at the most. So just keep that in mind. If every day where I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing so hot, you know, like quarantine, like like add some things to you, some extra, you know, (laughs) you need some, some sheen from the light that I'm not getting right now. You know, something, you you look beautiful with the ring light. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. You're poreless. So many years uh, just (laughs) reduced off me. Um, But yeah, absolutely. And, and same kind of looks like like a 50 year old you know (laughs) disheveled you know i I, I guess again drugs the man was in everything a holic he was classic like belushi you know cautionary tale type guy and my goodness yeah and that was after years of being a preacher yeah everything else such a weird life that man had uh so, so, to, perfect. so to kind of wrap up this episode, uh, Kennison disappears. He goes and gets his wings. Uh, Al wakes up outside and uh, the family comes back and they pretty much just treat him the same way that they've always treated him. They pretty much just walk right over him, yep. walk inside the house. Uh, and then he comes in and asks them a whole bunch of questions like that. They would only know like if he oh, was, the Kelly if, one is did. so good. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what color is an orange? <laughs> oh, like, is this multiple choice? Or... Oh, yeah. And then she, like, keeps following it up. It's so good. And he's just so pleased as punch that his Yeah, he's sitting on the sucks. couch with him with his arms around him. 
He's so, and he's just yeah. like, I'm so happy to be with you guys right now. <laughs> <laughs> it ends exactly as it opened, really, with Bud, with like straws up his nose yeah. and them just all being just bored and sad and miserable. But Al is just grinning, beaming from yeah, ear to ear. Pretty much, and, yep. And how do you guys feel about, because like basically the, the, the part of the conceit of this episode is that you like everything matters only because it was Christmas, but like he still has the money. It's yeah. just not that like you, all you had to do was just wait a day. Just wait. A for, day. Like if you're that poor, shouldn't you just go, ah, whatever. Like yeah. what, Christmas is whatever the presents that you're going to get us eventually still <laughs> matter. And yet none of that matters uh, here. Uh, Cause they literally even talk about it. Like, yeah, we're still going to get the gifts on the 26th. Yeah. <laughs> not a yeah. big deal. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you know, he ruins Christmas regardless. So just like every movie that we watch, we uh, rank, we rate every movie using the rating system of the 12 days of Christmas. So <laughs> okay. one, one through 12, uh, you get the rate. Uh, we rate every movie, you know, according to the, uh, the famous song. Yeah, 12 uh, being the highest. 12 being the highest, one being the lowest. Um, I will go first because in, in tradition, we always sing what we uh, feel like this episode or TV uh, or movie would be. So I will give this uh, two part marriage of children episode or episodes. I will give it nine ladies dancing. Nine ladies dancing. They would have to be dancing topless for me. Oh yeah. (laughs) No. Oh yeah. That was a good tie in. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I'm going to go. Yeah, man. I give it something that's also pretty raunchy sounding. I'm going to give it eight maids of milky. Yeah. (laughs) That's more of the German version, I think, of what uh, Dad was saying, I think. I've seen, well, never mind. I'm not going to go into Ah, it. Prior. uh, (laughs) All right, Andrew, here we go. Here's your rating. What, What do you give? Marriage of Children uh, on the 12 Days of Christmas uh, rating system. Yeah, I mean, listen, like you gave me the assignment of, you know, like, hey, you're the first one. You get to pick any episode, basically. And so for me, this is like an A, you know, plus style, uh, you know, as far as Christmas TV is concerned. Uh, like I said, I think I'll knock off a little bit for some of the <laughs> the the stuff that just doesn't <laughs> hold up anymore. Uh, yep. But I will easily give this 11 Pipers piping, which also sounds very dirty. So which oh, yeah. I would completely approve of anything pipe. Playing yeah, pipe those are perfect. Any of that. Those, so those absolutely. I'm, I'm there. Love it. Yeah. So before, be, so before we, we, before we recite this poem uh, real quickly, because we're going to shut off right after we read the poem real quickly was to go our plugs. As always, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, but you can just find me at Chad Davis. Uh, you know, Dizzle Davis, wherever you can find me, whatever. You can find the podcast anywhere that you can find podcasts. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Mega, where can everybody find you? I am on Facebook and Instagram as Mega Harrison. Mega as in Mega Millions. Harrison as in Harrison. <laughs> Andrew! 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'm at jokes on drew for all my personal accounts, my comedian accounts. So, you know, follow me on Twitter and Instagram there. Uh, we have the Nomcast every single week, the Netflix original movie podcast, which, uh, these two lovely people have been on, uh, many times now. So if you want to check out more of us and our awesome chemistry, everyone just now, um, please go back and, and check out, you know, probably a lot of the Christmas movies that you guys have watched or any of those, uh, type things um uh christmas chronicles all those episodes blew up this year so i know you guys are watching it so go check that out um nomcastpod.com uh for for all the current and past episodes and uh yeah and nomcast at nomcastpod on twitter and instagram so check us out awesome uh so who wants to go first who wants to go second who wants to go last if nobody's gonna answer all right megan's gonna open open it it up up, and i do want to say I've noticed already that there are some typos in here. So just, just try to pay attention and think. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I will try to. All right, here I go. <laughs> and then, oh, wait, go. And then I'll, I'll go second. And then Andrew, you finish it out. You got it. All right. All right. Oh, we're doing three, three, four, yep. three rest. Of, oh, but he'll know when he's done. I'll know when I'm yep. done. <laughs> it was the night before Christmas and all through the house. No food was a stirring, not even a mouse. Stockings were hung round dad's neck, like a tie along with a note that said, presents or die. Children were plotting all night in their beds, while the wife's constant whining was splitting his head. But daddy had money this year in the bank. Then they closed up early, and now dad's in a tank. All of a sudden, Santa appeared, a sneer on his face, booze in his beard. (laughs) Santa, I said, as he laughed merrily, you do so much for others, do something for me. Bundy, he said, you only sell shoes. Your son is a sneak thief. Your daughter's a fluze. <laughs> ho, ho, Santa said. Should I mention your wife? Her hair's like an A-bomb. Her nail's like a knife. <laughs> he climbs up the chimney, that fat piece of dung. He moved me two times. He stuck out his tongue. I heard him exclaim as he broke wind with glee. You're married with children. You'll never be free. <laughs> All right, you guys. See you guys later. We did it. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me. We all act a little nicer. We smile a little easier. We cheer a little more. Please talk that it's still a Christmas this year. I just want my family. Thanks for that Christmas card you sent me, Violet. We're going to have the happiest Christmas. And then, to finish, we'll snuggle.